Hey guys, so welcome to Cashburn Supercross Podcast, episode number five. Um, thanks to everybody that's been listening so far. We've gotten some really good feedback. Um, so yeah, thanks to all the listeners. Uh, this is the Oakland review and a preview of San Diego round three. So we got two Supercross, uh, two Supercross rounds under our belt so far in 2022. And uh, man, it has been very unpredictable obviously it's only two rounds in but um we got a pretty much a polar opposite as far as results go in oakland um than we did in anaheim one so uh you know we'll go through 250s and 450s i really want to get to the 450s right away because that was the talking point um but the 250s we'll start with first um seems like uh christian you know christian craig got the win again Dominant fashion, didn't have any uh, opposers really. Um, I think the pecking order is pretty set for that class already. Um, in the 250s, East and West uh, divisions, there's typically one that's kind of crazy and chaotic and you know so much parity, and then the other coast kind of is all settled and boring and um, you know pretty predictable outcomes. So uh, you know only two rounds in, can't say just yet. But um, I'm gonna say the pecking order is is pretty much pretty much solid right now for that 250 West. It's Craig getting the win in both Anaheim and uh, Oakland. Hunter Lawrence got a second, nearly got a second in Anaheim one. He barely, you know, barely couldn't catch Hamaker at the at the end there. But he he's basically deserving of of second place both rounds. Um, and then Hamaker got a third. So uh, I'm gonna say those that's our podium. Um, we got guys like Moseman and Thrasher and Shimoda. They can definitely get up there, but um, I, I don't know. It's it's tough to dethrone a guy like Christian Craig, and it's tough to beat Hunter Lawrence. Um, Hamaker, we'll see how his consistency goes, but he seems to be pretty solid and consistent. He's not really a, a wild and out-of-control rider, so Hamaker might be tough to beat, too, for those guys. Um, you know, Moseman is looking good. Uh, he got fourth in Oakland. Um, he's fast, fast in qualifying, so he can do it. He can ride really well, that kid, but, um, I don't know. I I haven't seen enough yet to say that he's going to be, uh, you know, a a guy that can challenge Christian Craig for at least for, for 15 minutes plus two laps, because, um, he can definitely challenge him for a lap or two. Uh, but you know, main event win is going to be, it's a, it's going to be very tough to beat Christian Craig right now. Um, Christian Craig, Basically, something's got to happen to him, I think, for, for somebody else to get a win right now. Um, Hunter Lawrence is obviously he's getting second. Um, he's the closest to maybe dethroning Craig. But, um, yeah, like I said, the pecking order basically goes that way. Craig, Lawrence, Hamaker. Then he had Moseman in fourth. Um, good ride from him. Uh, Thrasher, kind of n- not really quite sure what we're going to see from Thrasher. He doesn't seem to be... Too great in these stadium races, but, um, you know, maybe if we get to Daytona or Atlanta, um, actually, I think that might be another coast, so I I'm, probably should stick my foot in my mouth right there. But, um, yeah, then you got Freezy getting sixth, doing what Freezy does, got out front, and then, you know, faded a little bit. Obviously, he didn't fade to 15th like he did in the 450 class, but, you know, good ride for, for Vince. Um, and then Shimoda, more problems. Uh, uncharacteristic for Shimoda to have this many problems in a main event. But, um, yeah, they happen. Um, I think that's really hindered him. I think he could have squeezed up there on the podium, maybe booted Hamaker out or even Lawrence. But, um, 
you know, yeah, I, I think he's going to be the next guy to come up and be on the podium. Um, him or Moseman um, are, are right there. Uh, and then Garrett Marchbanks got eighth. So, um, yeah, the pecking order is set for that 250 West. I don't think there's going to be too much back and forth there. I think if Craig can stay healthy, he's got this easily. Um, he's 30 years old. There's a lot of talk about him still being in the 250 class. He's not the only guy to do it, though. I mean, people forget, you know, I'm going back a ways, but I started watching motocross as a little kid on two strokes, and I remember John Dowd was on a 125, and he was 33 years old. So, um, you know, this isn't this isn't the first time somebody 30-plus is racing the, the light class. Um, but, uh, yeah, of course, when, when something like that does happen, people always, you know, point the finger and say, well, you know, he's 30 years old, he's picking on these kids, and I think he is a little bit. He's definitely picking on these kids, uh, especially when you see him winning by 10, 20 seconds, you know what I mean? Or, I don't know, 8 seconds, whatever it was. Uh, I think in his heat race, he had like 6 seconds on uh, Moseman or whatever. So, you know, just an 8-minute race or a 6-minute race, and he's pulling 6 seconds. So, um, it's obvious he is leaps and bounds better than the rest, um, at least as far as speed consistently for 20 laps plus go. Um, so we'll move on from there. The 250 class was a little bit boring in Oakland. Um, I'm hoping in San Diego, we see some parody, not quite sure if we're going to see parody at the top. I think it'll be around that like three to seven range is where those guys shuffle around a little more. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we're going to probably see Craig win again in San Diego. Um, like I said, barring some sort of crash or injury, um, and maybe Hunter Lawrence could be the guy that could challenge him and, and be the first winner, the first non-Christian Craig winner uh, of this season for the 250 West. Uh, moving on um, to the 450 class. Now, this is where all the interesting points are because we have Jason Anderson got the win. I'm not going to say that I didn't see it coming. Um, but I definitely didn't see it coming this soon. Um, he had a great ride going at Anaheim 1. As we saw, Barsha not, knocked him down. Um, if that didn't happen, I can say pretty surely he would have had second. Um, so that would have been a 2-1 for Jason Anderson. Um, I, I mean, Webb got by everybody to get second in Anaheim. He maybe could have gotten Anderson, but I think that was a bit of a stretch. I think Anderson was riding well enough to hold off uh, Cooper Webb um, in the first round. But uh, he ended up 10th, and then he got the win last week in Oakland. Great to see, by the way. Great to see Jason Anderson um, finally get a win. Hasn't won since his championship year in 2018. Had some close ones. Um, you know, I think it was 2020 in Salt Lake. He was leading and was going to win, you know, pretty set to win, and his seat came off. Zach Osborne ended up getting that win. Um, so yeah, I, I was all for Jason Anderson, um, getting that win because, uh, I'm a Roxon fan. Um, so, you know, I, I always want to see him win. I want to see him get his first championship in the Supercross, but, uh, if it's not going to be him, um, and we'll get to him in a minute, but, uh, if it's not going to be Roxon, I'm, I'm glad it's Anderson. He's definitely my, my one B pick, if you will. But moving on from him. Um, yeah, he rode great. Not a lot of battling, you know, not a lot of, um, you know, back and forth taking out like, like Anaheim. It was very kind of calm and 
Nothing really happened too crazy, but I think the thing that made it so interesting, it was just as entertaining as um, Anaheim won because uh, we just saw so many different names up here. You know, we saw Aaron Plessinger in second. Uh, and Plessinger didn't look good in Anaheim one at all. Um, so for for Plessinger to go 9-2 in his first um, two, two rounds, um, by the way, second is his uh, career best. Um, very refreshing to see because I, I was a little worried after Anaheim. I know you can't draw any conclusions after one round. You can't draw any conclusions after two rounds. I don't think – I think we got a few more rounds of this back-and-forth stuff and then I think we'll start to settle out and the pecking order will be established. But um, I say, yeah, by round four or five, this will kind of be over. But right now, um, let's just let's have fun with this because, yeah, you got you got Jason Anderson going 10-1 and then you got Aaron Plessinger going 9-2 for the first two rounds. Um, and then that's where it lands Barsha as the points leader going 3-3. Um, now, Barsha, I don't know... How consistent he can stay. We I don't think we've seen enough consistency from him in Supercross yet. Um, obviously, last year was probably his best season to date as far as consistency goes. So if he can get a win in there real soon um, and keep building on this and staying at least near the podium when everybody else is doing 10-1s and 9-2s, I think he can, he can at least be in the hunt later in the year. But we got to see him get a win soon. And um, and definitely stay near that podium because other guys are not like, uh, you know, moving on to all this inconsistency. Guys that didn't do good in Oakland, guys like Chase Sexton, guys like Ken Roxon, uh, even Marvin Muskan and Cooper Webb were were eight and seven respectively. So um, it flip flopped. It was it was really really um, unexpected for me, and the most unexpected was Plessinger because. Like I says, he he did not look good in Anaheim. I was thinking, man, maybe this KTM thing isn't gonna go good for him. Uh, you know, wasn't really sure. Thought it'd be a while before we saw him on the podium, and man, was it a drastic change. Um, so yeah, Barsha in third, red plate. There was only nine points or, or ten points rather separating the top nine. So let's we we're still basically at round one, guys. It, it's it's anybody's game. Um, <clears throat> you got Eli Tomac in fourth. Quiet night for him. Well, he came up through the pack, so it was good for him. He he increased his position throughout the main event. So uh, he's going to have to settle on a fourth, though. That's how stacked this field is. You know, Eli Tomac, you know, several years ago could have made it to the front and probably blew by him with, with three laps to go. But, um, yeah, we're not, we're not in that state anymore. Uh, so, yeah, good ride for him on the Yamaha, though. I think he's showing that he can figure out the setup he can do well on it it's not it's not a um it's not a deficit from last year yet i don't think um i'm impressed i would say uh i'm on the positive end of what i was expecting from him um so yeah that's that's exciting i think maybe we could see him get a win on the yamaha soon um and then fifth was malcolm stewart they mentioned in the broadcast that of the top five, four of them were guys with brand new rides. Uh, he got Anderson on the Cowie, Plessinger on the KTM, Tomac, and Stewart. Uh, Barsha is the only guy that was on the same ride last year, and that was his first year. So, so you got four guys all on a on a on a brand new bike, and um, 
and then Barsha is only in his second year. So these guys have made a lot of changes for the good in recent years. Um, and obviously, yeah, these guys that have been on the same ride for a while, guys like Dylan Ferrandis, um, he got sixth and he did do well. Um, you know, coming off of a 16th in Anaheim, another guy 16-6 so far for him. He's outside the top five, uh, the top 10 in points right now, but it's, you know, still way too early to draw conclusions. Um, but yeah, he made a good charge. He got by Webb, um, which was impressive. Um, Webb kind of just sat in seventh most of the main, or I think he may have started like something like 11th and he climbed to seventh. Uh, you know, normally we would have seen him climb to like third or something like that, but, um, the field's too stacked and he wasn't, I don't think he was riding to his full, uh, full Cooper Webb ability. So, um, yeah, seventh for Cooper Webb. Uh, he goes two seven, another very drastic swing. Um, Marvin Muskan got fourth in Anaheim one. He gets eighth in Oakland. Um, pretty, not too drastic of a swing, but still not, uh, not what he was hoping for. Chase Sexton, I, I gotta believe he had some sort of fall. I didn't catch it on the broadcast, but, um, I think uh, Sexton definitely had a rough night. Um, he had some problems in that main event because I saw his position dropped um, like four or five positions somewhere in like the sixth or seventh lap. Um, Dean Wilson, 10th. That's about where he belongs. I'd say that's good for him. Joey Savacci, 11th. Uh, I heard he's riding injured, which is very impressive for him to get 11th. Adam Cincerulo, another guy riding injured. Boy, he faded from 1st to 12th, um, he was leading for the first, like, 10 minutes before, or was it 10 minutes? No, he was up there for 10 minutes. He, he got passed by Anderson early, but he was in the top three for a while, and then he just dropped anchor. So, um, it's tough to watch. It's tough to see Adam, who's such a good rider, should be a podium threat every week, and he's, um, fading to 12th. Ken Roxon, my favorite rider. A little disappointed, though, because if you're going to get a championship, you can't idle in 13th all-main event. Um, I realize he had, like, a really, really scary moment in qualifying. Chase Sexton ran over his head. That could have been a a severe neck injury, and possibly he he could have been done if something, you know, worse had happened. Um, And his helmet obviously did the job. Um, But... So he was probably a little banged up, a little, little uh, shaken from that. But he went down in the main. Um, uncharacteristic for him to go down, especially in the whoops. We've seen it before, though, last year. So these kind of things happen. It, it's it's Ken Roxon's MO uh, to have these weirdo bad races. Um, and Eli Tomac kind of had that that going for him for a while where when he was good, he was really good. And when he was bad, he's really bad. Now, Tomac has kind of smoothed that out. I think he's just been a little, little, little bit lackluster uh, in, in year, recent years, last year and this year. But um, he isn't as drastically different from week to week as Ken Roxon is now. Or, you know, or as he used to be. So Ken Roxon now going one thirteen. Um, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to contest for a championship, you can't, you know, end up 15th midway through the main and then only pass two guys. Um, he had plenty of time to get past guys like Adam, 
uh, Joey Savacci and Wilson, I think he should have at least gotten there. So um, that 13th could have been a 10th, uh, possibly better than that, if he was really doing what a championship contender should do. So it's it's di- disappointing for me to see Kenny get a 13th, but, um, you know, uh, the, the good news for him is other guys are having bad races. Um, Webb got a 7th, which is quite a bit more points than a 13th, but still, he's not, it's not like he won and he just, get, you know, gapped him in points. Um, nobody gapped him in points, really. Uh, Justin Barsha is, let's see where he is above, I pull up the point standings. I know it's way too early to be, even be thinking points, but I will say that. I know, I know it's uh, too soon to be saying points, but for now, just because it's fun, um, yeah, Barsha is at 42 points, Cooper Webb is, Cooper Webb and Anderson are tied for second, um, yeah, and Ken Roxon's got 30, so he, he's only six points behind Barsha, so it's still, luckily for him, all this parity, it doesn't sting as bad to get that 13th, maybe if he can look on the bright side and get it out of the way early, that uh, that 13th place would kill him later in the year when you're in a when you're in a heated battle of Cooper Webb and he smells the blood of Ken Rocks and getting a 13th that would be uh, championship ending um, for Ken Roxon. but yeah if he can get that out of the way early and he can pick up and get some wins in there get some consistency in there he's still got a shot at it but uh, I'm just scared that Ken Roxon is having issues getting through the pack already um so we'll go back to the race results. Let's see here. RacerX.com. <clears throat> but the track was good. Track, uh, I don't think it provided much passing. Like I said, we didn't get the battles. We didn't get the block passing. Um, I know Oakland tends to be soft and rutted. Um, and I think that favors some riders. Um, it, obviously, it favored Anderson. Um, but I always thought of him as a California rider. Um, yeah, Shane McElrath got 14th. I'm thinking he was up there early in the main again and got a really good start. I think he was second behind AC. I'm thinking he is fading that much because, um, the first week he faded from like first to 18th or third to 18th, something like that. And I was like, Oh, did he crash? What happened? I think he really is fading that much because I, I didn't remember seeing any crashes or anything. He just just fell. These guys are just that good. Uh, Shane McElrath is a great rider, but um, I don't think he has anything to, to match these top 12 guys. Um, and then, yeah, we go from there. Max Danstey, uh was the wild card pick for Fantasy. I had Brandon Hartranft in my 15th place pick for uh, the wild card, and uh, he got 16th. So I was quite disappointed Brandon couldn't, um, couldn't get one up there, you know. I was screaming, let's go, Brandon. But um, that was for a different reason. So, um, yeah, Anstey in 15th. So, uh, yeah, um, big biggest um, biggest uh, uh, swing in, in the first two rounds that we could have possibly seen, I would say. Um, and looking at that podium um, was really, really good to see because um, in that podium, everybody had a, a good reason to be happy. Um, Jason Anderson obviously gets the win. He's that's top notch for him. He um, gets his first win in three seasons of not being a factor. Um, so Jason Anderson gets the win. Plessinger gets a career best, and Barsha gets the red plate. So all three guys 
were super pumped to be on that podium for their own reasons. Um, and I, I, watching the press conference, I do want to mention, uh, compare, now compared to the way it was before, these guys are much more friends with each other, I think, than, um, than riders were in years past. Um, you know, we had the three fun, probably the funnest personalities, uh, on the, on the podium, you know, you throw Malcolm Stewart or, or, uh, somebody like that on there and you got, you got a real party, but, um, yeah, the three most fun guys uh, in the sport um, on the podium. They're they're definitely ha- they definitely have a uh, how can I say it like a friendly respect for one another. Um, where like they they uh, they're happy for one another, and I I don't think you really see that much in this sport. So it's refreshing to see that it's different, you know. Um, Cause like yeah, you got uh, you know you know I think I think. Jason was happy for for Plessinger. You saw Barsha was super happy for for Aaron. Um, you know, even though Jason Anderson and Barsha had their their you know uh, mishap in Anaheim one, um, they still are on good terms. They're still happy for one another. Um, yeah, like you didn't see that before. You didn't see Villapoto and you know James Stewart and Chad Reed and all these guys. You didn't see them, you, you know, being really happy for one another and smiling and you know, having fun on the podium, um, they, they wanted to kill each other more, you know, especially going back a little further to like the Carmichael Stewart read days of like the, you know, 2007, 2005, those areas. Um, yeah, they, they were not friends. They were not happy. They were cold blooded killers. And you know, that, that podium right there just shows it's, it's not that way anymore. Um, everybody is very open about things. Um, they all kind of do the same thing. They're all training kind of together. Like you got friends out there. You know what I mean? It's it's almost odd to see. Like, you know, you got uh, Aaron and Malcolm are good friends. They both did well. You got, um, you know, since we were on Rock Center, friends with one another. Um, Anderson seems to be pretty well liked. Uh, you know, guy, I, I, I don't know who who needs to be miserable to get the championship like Webb seems to be more of that cold-blooded killer uh a guy like Chase Sexton you know very all business not really joking around having all kinds of fun all the time Chase Sexton isn't known as the fun guy um you know uh let's see who else like um like a Ferrandis he's only about racing and he doesn't care about anything else it's it's pure-blooded pure hard focus um, those guys, you know, they, they're setting themselves up to be the champions, but you know, the fun guys came through for sure. And, uh, it's good to see as a fan. Um, so yeah, moving on, that is our review of Oakland round two. <clears throat> now that brings us to the San Diego preview of round three. I'm looking at the track map now and it's looking like a really awesome track. Um, tighter first corner for sure than, uh, than the past couple weeks. Um, they usually have been doing this like long, uh, throughway exit of a first turn. Um, I actually like this tight turn better. I think it's gonna, gonna, uh, make for some bar banging in there. Um, long rhythm section to a nearly a 180 turn, uh, another rhythm section, triple rhythm section after that, uh, you know. Um, some back and forths there around the finish, you know, tight, tight 180 finish line, another tight 180, uh, three times going across the start 
start straight. So they come backwards on it for a minute, and then they, they cross it straight across once and twice. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a dragon's back there. Uh, it looks more like just this little little mini whoop section, and then we got this big, long whoop section. Um, really long. It looks like it's probably going to be one of the longest ones of the year. And um, I'm just thinking they need to make these whoops a little more shallow because uh, it, it definitely was an, uh, it played a part in the outcome of Oakland. Um, we saw Kenny going down. We saw a couple other riders having some uh, some problems in the whoops. Um, and I think that definitely is going to play an advantage to a guy. Uh, well, I'd say it should put an advantage to Ken Roxon because he's so good in the whoops usually. But um, it, it could help Roxon. Um, it's going to help a guy like Malcolm Stewart, maybe Aaron Plessinger, um, guys like that that are really, really good in the whoops. Um, it, some guys are going to struggle, and it'll probably send them back because that's a long whoop section. And uh, in the 250 class, I think that definitely plays right into Christian Craig's favor. Um, going to help him possibly get a third win in a row because um, he's going to make up a lot of ground in that whoop section. He looks so, so good in the whoops. Um, he gets faster lap times than a lot of the 450s do because of his whoop speed. So with a long whoop section like that, um, that's that's really, really good uh, for Christian Craig. Um, now, um, <clears throat> you know, we're looking at guys to maybe flip-flop back around. Um, there's a lot of guys leaving Oakland that um, n- need to bounce back from it. Um, a guy like Ken Roxon. Um, 13th isn't going to cut it, uh, for championship contention. So he, the pressure is almost on him now to get back up in that top five, at least. Um, then you got a guy like, uh, Chase Sexton, um, disappointed with probably both his first two rounds. Cause I know he wasn't expecting to end up fifth in Anaheim one. And then ninth is definitely not where he wants to be in Oakland. So, um, yeah, those guys need to bounce back. Um, I think Webb will bounce back. I don't think uh, Webb's going to let that seventh stand. You know, he's, he's going to be he's gonna be back up in there. He's not going to let that happen again. Um, he's the most determined, and he figures it out somehow, some way. Um, I'm not even a Webb fan. I, uh, I'm a Roxon fan, so obviously I'm, I'm a bit anti-Webb. Uh, when it goes into these races, but um, you know, I gotta give him credit where he's due, where it's due. He just figures it out, and I think he's gonna figure out how to b- bounce back from that seventh. Um, I don't think he's gonna allow himself to get another subpar result, um, and it's super close. So, uh, so, so yeah, a- anything could happen in um, in round three, San Diego. I think we start to see the pecking order separate itself, but um, I, it's probably gonna be another unpredictable round. I think it's going to be later rounds four or five, six, till we start to see some, some stability in, in the pack. But, uh, um, speaking of which, um, the, the stability of the two fifties versus the stability of the four fifties, man, when I was growing up, it was always the, the, the one twenty five class. Um, then it became the, the lights or the two fifty class, whatever, you want to call it the 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 smaller class was always the class of parity the class of um you know unpredictability it was <clears throat> less established the order um we're, we're also talking the the times where there was one two maybe three guys that could win and that was about it in the in the premier class so um we're seeing it being pretty much 
polar opposite of that um, because uh, the 250 class is the class, you know, right now, especially in Oakland, um, that was established. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see now. Yeah, the 450 class is the class of parity, and that's good. I think that's better for the sport. Um, you want the premier class to be exciting. You don't want it to be, you know, a snooze fest <clears throat> when the 450 main comes around. Um, so uh, we'll see if that continues. I think it does. I think the 250 class will be more stable than the 450 class again in San Diego. I think it's going to be like that all year. Um, we'll see what happens when we switch coasts. But, um, yeah, this is the coast for um, for boringness in the 250s. So, yeah, the focus will be on the 450s and who can bounce back, who can get back up in that podium. There's not enough spots at the top, guys. You know, There's not enough spots up there for um, guys like uh, – <clears throat> like like Tomac, Stewart, and Ferrandis were buttoned right up on the podium, and they probably they rode really well. They should have been on the podium, but there's just not enough spots up there. So um, it it pushes guys downward, I think, a little more um, than anything, um, because all of these guys are deserving of top spots, but they just it just can't happen. Um, Adam Cincerulo, Adam Cincerulo is a guy that. Um, you know, he's obviously he's up there and he just gets shuffled back because he's riding injured. Um, and then you always see like a top guy like Roxon or something or or Anderson or whoever end up way down, way down in the bottom where they don't deserve to be because, um, you know, Anderson definitely rode a lot better than a 10th in Anaheim 1. Um, but he ended up there because he had a problem. And then Roxon definitely rode, you know, should have been better than the 13th, but he had a problem. So if you have one problem in the main event, you're going to be down there. Um, you know, hovering in the in the in the middle part of the pack, um, and so yeah, like you you gotta be so so good and ride so perfectly to be up on that podium, and um, yeah, we're I'm also looking at you know can Barsha capitalize on his points lead? Can he, um, you know, stay on the podium? Can he be there again? Um, and not get shuffled back? Um, because he's he's fast, but I you know we need to see a win out of him before um before I can really put some weight on Justin Barsha's chances because we've seen it every year he always starts off the year strong and then he kind of withers as the year goes on so uh yeah just eyes are are pretty much on everybody on the whole 450 field um there really isn't one guy that you can pick out right now that needs to um that it's that is in a make or break scenario I mean it's everybody everyone's we're still basically at round one so um so yeah, this is going to be really, really exciting. Um, I can't wait for San Diego. Um, thanks to, to everyone again for listening. Um, and uh, share that share that Instagram, share that page. Um, I will be looking for some sponsors. I will be mentioning some, some businesses and stuff on here. So uh, yeah, I really want to thank everyone. Um, and on to San Diego Cashburn SX Podcast.